does not America, does not Oklahoma, Sky Tooth, all of us need the Lord. And Lord, whatever is holding up the rain, I ask you to forgive us of that for this region. And Lord, I cry out to you for miracles, for individuals to be elected that will stand for justice and righteousness in the land. And that, Lord, your kingdom is cleansing the political systems of this nation and every nation because your kingdom is ever-increasing. And, Lord, I ask you for your mercy, your grace. I thank you for the things you're exposing in various states. And, Lord, I really cry out to you for Oklahoma, Michigan, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Lord, every state needs you. Your kingdom come. Lord, we bring this before the court of heaven. And Lord, we're in synergy with a lot of other prayers that have been prayed over this. But in faith, believing in your finished work, we decree your kingdom will come and is being enlarged in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Just a few little notes here about our country. One report this group gave there, obviously, uh, on the left, the LGBTQT side, they said uh, there's so many different genders now, we've ad identified 150 different genders. That's the world we live in. Uh, euthanasia. In Canada, if a child is depressed or sent to a counselor, there are times they ask, <clears throat> have you considered euthanasia? And if they say, yes, they can go be put to death and then the parents are notified that their child is dead. Come on. Keep praying. Yeah. Yeah for the country <clears throat> you know it's there if it's there only the Lord's keeping it out of here now only about 22% of Christians attend church regularly I mean it continues I'm telling you we better snuggle up to him, and he has not forgotten his church. It's still about his church and his kingdom. And, and we're too lax about it. And we're, we're still too complacent. And, and I love that we can be open, we can free, we can have a good time. But listen, we ought to come knowing and seeking God rather than just to come and have a good time. It's about Jesus. It's about his kingdom. It is not about you. It is not about me. It's about him. I'm telling you, I need him more than you know, and I know you need him more than you know. Let's start in Revelation. We may go back to Genesis. I don't know. It may be one of those just turn there. I'll be by there in a while. Revelations eleven fifteen. If you think 
all of Revelations is yet to happen, I want to change your mind a little bit, and I'm not going to preach on Revelation, just this verse. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the Lord, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. You know why he said that? The temple had just been destroyed. See, that's how much of Revelation, I mean, had happened in A.D. 70 in Revelation. The kingdom had been destroyed. And then Matthew 21, 43 says, Jesus prophesied this. He's talking to the Jews. I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing fruit in it. He opened up the kingdom. Now listen, he said we'd be producing fruit. Where's your friends? Where's those we're praying for? Where's those we won this week? Come on. Don't, don't disagree. Do it. Yeah. And then Matthew 23, 38. Another word Jesus gave the Jewish people. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. They are not going to build the temple back. There's a lot of denominations. There's people that still preach that. The kingdom of God is within us. We are the temple of God. He's not going to build up another temple over there for, for them to worship. And God loves every nationality. And they get saved. The Jews are going to have to get saved just like you and I did. And I'm going to preach on salvation this morning. They need to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, regardless of what tribe they're from. I've been talking about discipleship. And the Apostle Paul is a great example of that in his preaching. And then 1 Corinthians is a real foundation of discipleship. 1 Corinthians 2.2 2, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, I didn't care who you are, what you've been doing, if you got on a new dress or a new suit, or if you got holes in your pants, I want to know about Jesus Christ. I'm proclaiming Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Jesus Christ is the only one who can change your situation. And you can't divorce Him from God or the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the triune God, but basically about Jesus. No king but Jesus. He's the answer to this world's problem. He's the answer to mine or your problem it's him but but long as we focus on what we don't have we just get bogged down in it he continued to preach jesus christ and him crucified first corinthians 1 18 for the word of the cross have you been to the cross lately the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved the cross is the power of God. The power. There's power in the Word. There's power in the cross. When you believe in the cross, I've got some Andrew Murray statements here. When you believe in the cross, 
You see, you come to a place of death. Wasn't the cross a place of death? But it's the gate to life. But we need to come back to the cross. There's a time you just, you don't get too old to repent. You don't get too full of God to repent. It's like Angie talked about. There's more stuff in us that he wants to deal with. The church is still what's wrong with the world. If we had the fire of God, they'd be wanting to know, how can we do what you do? How do you walk through what you walk through and not be bogged down and give up? It's because someone lives in you that won't give up. He's not a God. It's not like praying to the man in the moon. He's within you. The triune God lives within you. 1 Corinthians 1.23 But we cre preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are being called both Jew and Greek, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Larry Rose, you watching this morning? Facebook? Jesus Christ was crucified. But he rose from the dead. He's the king of all kings. And he's the Lord of all lords. What about Colossians 1.26? There's a lot in the scripture about the mysteries of God. <clears throat> but Paul lays out the mystery of God. The myst it's not a mystery anymore. The mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifest to his saints, to whom God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say, Christ in you. See, that's... He's not some God you can't reach if you've been born again. If you've been born again, He lives within you. He lives within you. He lives within your, your soul, your spirit area. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to read uh, from the book of John this morning out of the Passion Translation. I've read some. I've been reading through it, the New Testament again, and uh, of course, it makes it a very easy read. And we're familiar with these scriptures, and so I particularly wanted to read them in a different translation for you. Now, there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus, who was part of the sect called the Pharisees. And one night he discreetly came to Jesus and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God. From no one proclaims or performs, excuse me, the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is within him. Now he was a religious man. I assume he could probably quote the first five books of the Bible, probably most of the Psalms was very learned. 
You can be learned and think you're somebody, but you can be learned and know when you see God. He knew he ran into somebody that had something he didn't have. And you know, when I, I'm around someone, and I've, I, I can tell they've got a lot of God on them, I want to hang out with them. I, I want to learn from them. And I believe that's what Nicodemus was. And I think Jesus gives him an unusual answer. Now see, that people weren't born again in that day and time. No one had been born again. How were the Jews saved? Believing Jesus, the Messiah, would come, right? How are we saved? We're believing He has come. You remember, when Jesus was there, the temple was still there. The high priest was still going in one time a year to the Holy of Holies with a blood offering to repent for the sins of the whole nation that had been committed the past year. It was a yearly thing. No one had been born again. Jesus is bringing in See, they, they, this was still Old Testament times, even though I'm reading now the New Testament. Because you couldn't be born again until Jesus was crucified. Amen? Okay. Here's his answer. Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even perceive God's kingdom, they must first experience a rebirth. Can you imagine how Nicodemus really looked at him and wondered about that? Nicodemus said, rebirth? How can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for anyone to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. And Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you're born of water and the Spirit, you will never enter God's kingdom. For the natural realm only gives birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to the supernatural life. You shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You all must be born from above. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You can hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it's the same with those who are spirit born. Nicodemus replied, I don't understand. What do you mean? How does this happen? Then Jesus goes on and explains to him, even though you're a respected teacher in Israel and yet you don't understand this revelation, I speak eternal truths about things I know, things I've seen and experienced, and still you don't accept what I reveal. If, you, if you're unable to believe what I've told you about the natural realm, what will you do when I begin to unveil, unveil the heavenly realm? No one has risen into the heavenly realm except the Son of Man who also exists in heaven. He says he's existing in heaven, and yet 
Nicodemus is talking to him. God and the Father and the Son are one. And just as Moses in the desert lifted up the brass replica of a venomous snake on a pole for all the people to see and believe and be healed, you remember they sinned and God sent a plague? We got some plagues on this nation. They repented. God told Moses, make a brass snake, put it on a pole, someone gets bit, what they have to do? Look at that and be healed. It's a picture of the cross. If you come back to the cross, you'll be changed. So the Son of Man, He's telling what's going to happen to Him, is ready to be lifted up. Can you imagine that? Saying, I'm ready. Are you ready for what God's got for you? We think we are. I hope we are. I trust we are. So that those who truly believe in Him will not perish, but have, be given eternal life. For here is the way God loved the world. He gave His only unique Son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in Him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. God didn't send His Son to condemn the world, but through Him they might have life. But you must be born again. No one just wakes up someday and said, I was born again. We had a man here that was close to me, and James and Sandy and I drank a lot of iced tea with him here a few years ago. And he was in our church for a while, and I shared with him. I talked to him a lot, and he talked about the Lord. And But his conversion statement was, it was just like, one day, while he was outside, he got saved. Well, he was. But you know what? He's in prison today. <clears throat> Whether he ever got saved, I don't know. But I'm going to tell you, he had some of those inward things Angie talked about this morning that were within him. He never got free from, and he got caught. I'm telling you. God's pretty serious about this thing. And the foundation of discipleship is you must be born again. And if your grandma told you, yeah, I remember when you got saved and you don't, you need to get saved. We watched an old movie the other night where they were baptizing the just a few day old kids. And that's fine. And I believe we can dedicate a child to God. But nobody can make that decision for you. The youngest person in here, the oldest person in here, we're all going to stand before God and give an account whether we knew Him or not. And the statistics prove that throughout this nation, there's a great percentage of people that are in church that have never been born again. Never been born again. Manly Beasley would say it this way, devil just soon take you to hell off the front row of the church as he would out of a bar. See, deception, deception, deception. <clears throat> I'm telling you, there's deception in the body of Christ. I, you want to, here's a prayer you can pray for, pray for me. 
Lord, open his eyes to areas he's blinded and don't see. You can pray that for me. Because what? We're all blinded in some ways. You can see everybody else's fault. You just can't see your own. That's why you think you're the perfect one. But no, he's the perfect one. <clears throat> you know who Christy Nome is? She's the governor of South Dakota. A ranch-raised cowgirl. She tells this story about she was her daddy's daughter. And by the way, I th he was killed in a tra uh, with a tractor accident while she was in college. But she says as a child, she worked with him. He'd say, go get that part for me. Go get that tool for me and run. So she said, I, I was always hurrying to get that part. Run, run, go get it. He said one day he talked to her and said, Christy, you should have had that over here before I needed it. You should have had it over here before I needed it. And she said, I really learned from that. And that's the way I look at things. And she learned to perceive. But you know what I thought about that? That's what God did. He had it here before we needed salvation. It took Jesus to save us. And God had that all worked out for us. <clears throat> when we, uh, I was in the second grade, probably a month or two in it, we moved to Jacksonville, Arkansas. And my dad worked in Little Rock with his brother. And we were there until about the middle of the sixth grade, and we moved back to the Ramona Oshaleta area. But uh, I, I know I, I'd heard some of the gospel before. I, I don't really remember it, but I remember having a dream uh, about hell when I was just a little bitty kid. I could see the devil, and he had a wife. But uh, in Jacksonville, we were in a, the ba a Baptist church, and Henry Ryan was a preacher. Henry Ryan had been a railroad guy and got saved, I don't know, probably in his 30s or something. He, he looked like an old man to me, but, you know, he might have been 50s. But he, he, he could preach. He'd been a gambler. He'd make this statement. He said, you don't want to play somebody else's game. You want to have your own. He, he, he knew about that. But I remember revivals. I've told you before, uh, I understood the gospel. The youngest child in here. I'm telling you, kids know. Kids know. Listen, in the second, second grade, second or third grade, I believe it was the second, we had a substitute teacher one day. I told one of the other guys, she won't miss us. At noon, we just left. I didn't get caught. She didn't catch me. I didn't get, I just come home about the regular time. Listen, don't underestimate what kids know. They understand, and they understand the gospel. But we need to let them make their own decisions. 
But I heard the gospel, and I was really under conviction, but I was timid, and I just wouldn't ever go forward. My dad asked me once, where you at in that, or when you going to do this? And I just, I remember Henry Hankins was a great preacher in the 40s, and this was when that would have been. And I know he preached a revival there, and, and my brother Paul got saved. And sometime later, it seemed like they had a lot of revivals. But a man, and I had to really ask the Lord because I'd forgot this guy's name. And I really kept praying about it this week. And I got his first name's Happy is what he went by. Happy Ingram came. And he had been a missionary to Brazil. And that must have been there several days because he met with the kids. And he taught us... Uh, Two songs in Portuguese. So if they start the music, I'll sing them. But if they don't, one was, When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there, Quandasi, Fasatia, Mandalus, Duray, something like that. And the other one was, Jesus loves me. And it was like, I am most Ninos or something like that. But I remember those. But one night in a service, and I... I don't remember if it was three or four sections, but I know I was sitting back, and I was I must have been good because my dad hadn't called me up. He always said about where Randy's sitting. And he's looked around more than once, and I knew I needed to come sit by him. I never did not because I did not want to face what the circumstances would have been otherwise. But anyway... He had a bunch of kids come forward that had already been saved and they were up there. And, and I've had a lot of doubts in my salvation in years. And the Lord has just kind of highlighted some of this story to me. is why I'm telling you this morning. And he just said, you know, anybody else want to join this group? Of course, I'm sure he'd laid out the gospel. Whether he laid it out or not, I knew the issue was not just coming forward. I knew the issue was not being baptized. I knew the issue was to give your heart to Jesus. I came forth, knelt there about where Mariah is right now, with a man called uh, Lamb, Brother Lamb. Lamb was his last name. And he led me through a prayer. I remember we didn't have a baptism in that church. We'd go to North Little Rock to a church. So there was probably a month later, and there was probably, I don't know, 20 people baptized or something. They baptized all the, the women were on one side, the men in a room. And you come down to that baptistry. I sat on the steps with my feet in the water and watched all the ladies be baptized, and then I was the first Boy, and there were some men baptized after that. But I, the Lord has just gave me a fresh look at that this morning. You must be born again. See, my, my mother, she couldn't remember when she was baptized, saved and baptized. Her grandmother would tell her. Her mother would tell her. But you must be born again. Tom Shaw.
preached here a time or two way back. He told me this story one time. <clears throat> he was preaching in a church. And the, during the week, the pastor said, come go with me. I've got, I'm going to the hospital to visit one of my deacons who's in the hospital. He's sick. And so we went, Tom said, we went in. We were talking to him. And all at once, that man said, boy, it's getting hot in here. And then he said, he said, they're coming after me. He said, I hear the chains rattling. And Tom was discerning enough to say, you've never been born again. You've been ordained a deacon. You've been in church all your life and you're a good person. But if you don't get Jesus in your heart, hell's coming after you right now. He prayed Asked for repentance, prayed, whatever, and was all right. I mean, there, there is a battle over your life. Even if you've been born again, there's a battle over your life, over your family. And we're just way too casual with this. The God of this world has a lot of people blinded. But Father God ordained the cross. The Son Jesus bore the cross. The Holy Spirit reveals this mystery into our hearts. In the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, Jesus comes from heaven to live and act in his disciples. And many in the church need deliverance from a worldly spirit. We're more about the world than we are about Jesus. Now, I'll take a bite of that. And I know God is giving us those revelations. He's trying to separate us to himself. He wants a peculiar people that's his people. We're, go we're going to look like him. We're going to act like him. We're going to be who he's called us to be. Matthew 10, 28 says, Don't fear those who kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. In hell. That's only God can do that. The devil can't do that, but God can. 2 Peter 2, 4 says, for if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment. He didn't just say, okay, you angels, line back up now. No, he sent them to hell. Luke 12, 5 repeats that same verse almost out of Matthew. I warn you, whom to fear? Fear the one who after he is killed has authority to cast into hell. I tell you, fear him. In Mark 9, verse 47 says, If your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It's better to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes be thrown into hell where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched. If you read all those verses, he, he actually says in there, if your eye, your hand, or your foot 
You're better off without it. What's your salvation experience? Where are you at? Do you have one? Let me see if I can close with this scripture out of uh, Luke 13. I want to read it out of the Passion. A bystander asked Jesus, Lord, will only a few have eternal life? And Jesus said to the crowd, There is a great cost for anyone to enter through the narrow doorway into God's kingdom. I tell you, many will want to enter, but won't be able to. Because the head of the church, excuse me, once the head of the house is shut and locked the door, it will be too late. Even if you stand outside knocking, begging to enter, and saying, Lord, Lord, open the door for us, he will say to you, I don't know who you are. You are not a part of the family. Then you will reply, But Lord, we dined with you, walked with you as you taught us. And he will reply, Don't you understand? I don't know who you are, for you are not a part of my family. I will not let you in. Go away from me, for you are all disloyal to me and do evil. He has bought us. He has paid for us. We are not our own. It's not up to you just to do what you want to do. We're to be led by the Spirit of God that lives within us. If Jesus lives within you, it says you'll be a new creation. Many, Oswald Chambers says, there's a difference in real, an awakening and a real conversion. Of really coming into the kingdom. Lord, we don't want a mild dose. We want you. We want you. We want to know. A, see, if, if you know a living God, if he lives within you, He'll deal with your heart about things that are not of him. He'll deal. You, you won't be trying to see how far over the edge you can walk and still be saved and yet just do what everybody else does. You're called to be different. You're called to, you were bought with a price. It took Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection to pay for your salvation. He paid the price. You don't earn it. I don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for you. Is it, he, you are here to be used in his kingdom. It's not to just see how famous he can make you. That's what gets us in trouble. It's all about me. It's all about me. We've got time for everything else but the kingdom of God, His church, and His people. We've got time to, for everything else. Look at the empty seats this morning. That's proof. I'm glad you're here. You know, I, I could think of a lot of people besides you that need to hear this message, and I thought about it this morning. But you know what? 
You're the ones that's here. So you need to hear it. We need to know Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Bought with a price. Paul said, there's, you know, I'm restrained. I'm held by God. I'm led by Him. I'm not my own. Maybe you didn't have a salvation experience like he did. We, I didn't. None of us probably did. But he knew he'd been set free from some things. Chris Mitchell told us the other day, he was early 20s when he got saved. And he said, when I got saved, I was immediately set free from drinking, fornication, and I forget what else. He said, drugs. He said, there's some other things I had to work through. But he said, from that day forward, I was set free from those things. I'm telling you today, whatever bondage is in your life, if you're a Christian and you've got bondages, you need help. And Jesus will help you and we'll help you. But your pride will keep you from coming and saying, I need help. Like the man I told you the story about that's in prison now. He could God gave him he was here probably five years. He had an opportunity to get help. Woe is me if I don't obey the God. Listen, we're way too casual this God. Say 1030. Say 1030. That's when church starts. Come on, come get on the line and come be ready. Don't wait for some song to pump you up. Come pumped up for Jesus. If God lives within you, you're, you're His people. He's called you. He paid a great price for you. And He is not going to give up on you. He is not going to leave you alone if you belong to Him. If you can live in sin, I'm telling you, you don't belong to Him or you're really backslidden. And I know, I know we can get away. I know we can. But if you can continue to live in it and Him not deal with you, you're lost. You're lost. He'll, I read that scripture. He'll say, I don't know you. I don't know you. If you're here today, the oldest or the youngest, and if you don't know, you've never accepted Jesus Christ personally as your Lord and Savior. You need to walk the aisle this morning and someone will help you come to that place in Christ. If the Holy Spirit's not showing you that, that's fine. Lord, your Spirit's dealing with us, I know. You're moving in this place this day. You always do. You want to change us. You want to make us more like you. I'm not saying you won't have a, a job or a business or etc., we we all got things we live in and we move and, and do. But he wants us to do them as his children, led by him. And every day, every day, that's why you've got to read your Bible. You've got to pray. You, All those things. I promise you, it's a battle for believers. There is a war against the saints. But the God of this world's got a lot of lost people blinded. What's your salvation experience?
I pray that you've got your own story, not somebody else's. You, you, you know. You know, the enemy can bring up our past, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit can reveal things to us, too. No condemnation to those who are in Christ. No condemnation. See, I could show a movie that I'll say just scare hell out of you and, and there'd be people make a decision. But I, I feel like I heard too much of that kind of a gospel growing up. I want people to come to Jesus because they know he loves you enough that he created you and put you on earth and he's got a plan and purpose for you. And if you don't accept that, you're missing out on it. Whether you're lost or saved. He loves you. Come to Christ because he loves you and has got something for you. Not just to say, okay, now I'm saved. I can go do whatever I want to do. That, that's not the gospel. That's not salvation. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Just stand. Now, have we heard the gospel? We all can get closer to Jesus. If this church is going to be the church God wants it to be, He's going to use the people that are here. And if you don't want to be a part of that, He'll remove you. I just challenge you to obey the Lord this morning. If you know you're not where you need to be with Him, you come pray. And some of you, I know if David Boggs there way at a meeting this morning. If they were here today, he had already be at the altar just praying for the church. You may want to come pray for the church. But if you're one that's here and you've got any doubts about in your heart about your salvation or you've never been born again, I'm telling you, today's your day. We're all going to stand before God someday and there'll be a bigger crowd than this. Maybe you're like me. I was it was hard for me as a kid to make any kind of a move for good. Just come to Jesus this morning. Why not make him king of your heart this morning? See, when we don't, we're fighting against him. We're fighting against our creator, the one that loves us so much, that has done so much for us, and we're saying no. No. We talk about an antichrist spirit. That is an antichrist spirit that can be in a Christian that don't want to obey what God's saying. The altars are open. Just come. I'll pray with you. I'll pray for you. I love you. I want to, I want to see you be who God's called you to be. In Jesus' name, just come. Just come. Saints, pray. If you can't if you can't stand up and pray, you need to come repent. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. If 
God calls your name today. Could you say, yes, I know, I know him. He said, Ellen, do you know him? Randy, do you know him? Dixie, do you know him? Sean, do you know him? Mark, do you know him? He called your name. Lord, we're here for you to do in with us and through us what you want to do. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Bless your name. Bless your name. Come on, church, intercede. Heaven, Lord, come. Lord, come. Holy Spirit, we want you so to have your way. Have your way, Lord. It's your church. It's not mine. It's never been mine. It's your church. You died for your bride. Men, Jesus died for his bride. I exalt you. I exalt you. Somebody cry out for Jesus. There's no quick fix. You didn't get in the mess you're in quickly. He'll take you may take time to get through it. You'll remember it. Lord, I don't want to get back in this again. Jesus, you don't want that forbidden fruit. It'll make you sick. We've lost the fear of God. We still have church on Wednesday night. You're too busy. Well, you're just too busy. There'll be a time God will say, I'm busy. Lord, we exalt you. Lord, forgive us. Listen, I've asked the Lord, Lord, whatever the holdup is, whatever it is, just reveal it. Lord, we'll obey you. This glory in His presence. We're too familiar with one we hardly know. We take Him for granted. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you. More of you, Jesus. More of you. It's a good time just to worship Him. Get used to worship Him. Learn to worship Him. We glory. You know what's a blessing? When God shows you one of those blind spots, that's a blessing. 
Eddie, he's got more for you, but he wants you. He wants all of you. Come on, let me hear your voice. Give him praise. Watch your hurry, Jackson.
you just have to go, feel free to go. I just don't think the Lord's finished yet. Lord, we exalt you. We exalt you. What did Jesus tell you today? Can you come say? Lord, we just want to be with you.
Any other word? Amen or oh me? Okay. Is it about Jesus? Okay, come on. It's about the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Last week, Angie said something about 57. Well, that was powerful to me. Well, there's two numbers that stand out embedded into my soul. That's 3 and 57. 3 being the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And 57 being the page number at Sandy's dad's church. And and when we got home, I was thinking 57. And Sandy started vacuuming. And she sucked something up. And she came over there and laid it on the table. And she said, James, that's the third dime I've sucked up in this vacuum cleaner. She said, that's three of those dimes I've sucked up now. Well, both those numbers showed up at the same time last Sunday, and I'm saying, hallelujah. It's powerful to me, and I just had to say that. I would, if I hadn't said it, I'd gone home disappointed in myself. Amen. God's into numbers. Okay, somebody else got something you're wishing you'd have said before you left. Don't make me call your name. Don't worry about who's not here. He's here. I just wanted to say this, that um, whenever I come to the Lord as a little bitty girl, I remember the Lord moving on me, and I didn't know really for sure what to do, and I remember walking over. I was sitting on the same row as my mom and dad, but I remember walking over to my mom just feeling something, you know, and wasn't for sure what to do with it. But, But then... The rest of that story, and I didn't know this until a while back, but um, Rob saw me come to the Lord, and um, then he then he got saved right after that at the same church, and um, he said driving home, his parents asked him about it, and he said, I feel like I've been washed white as snow, but I just thought it was really something that we both got saved right around the same time and that he remembered that. Um, and I just thought it was something because you remember her getting, giving her life to the Lord. And I just thought that was an interesting thing that both of those, both those guys, you know, that you remember that. But we were really little. I was probably five or something like that. But um, I, I don't know. I just, but yet, the struggles that I had and the torment that I had in my life, you know, was just, and I remember at about 16, I took a boyfriend home. He, anyway, whatever. That's another story. And I was driving down, it was after church, and I was driving down Highway 75, and I remember God just so moving on me. And I remember pulling over on the side of the road, and I, but I still I didn't know, all, all I could do is get saved again. Yeah. I didn't know how to get free. Yeah. Come on, that's good. I mean, it's one thing to give your heart to the Lord. It's just what, you know, but then 
that process of trying to get rid of that junk that's in you. And we didn't go to a place to where no one could talk to me about what to do with all those struggles and all of that stuff that I, some of it was generational, you know, not that I, anyway, I, I don't know, just the freedom that Jesus wants to give us, not only the salvation, but then freedom can come. And I mean, I wished I would have been like Chris Mitchell. I mean, my life would have been so much easier if I could have got saved and not and got free. And got free. You know, and it doesn't always, I guess, work that way, but God knows. But I am free now, and I'm just asking him to show me my blind spots, you know, because... I don't want to be that person. You know, we all have somebody that can't stand to be around, and I'm like, God, I don't want to be that person. <laughs> when they see me, they run, you know? And so I'm just like, God, show show us those things. But anyway, whatever. Let me, let me just say this. Self-effort in getting free drives your soul further away from your spirit. You cannot do it on your own. Self-effort will not do it. And I've, I've done it. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Best thing today of the morning, just say, Lord, just today, I want to walk with you. Listen, most of we Christians, we've been to hell and back. Self-induced. And yet, he loves us enough. It's about my salvation. I, I never had been in church because my folks didn't go to church. And I was 17 years old when I got saved, but the pastor of that church said, don't miss any service. And that was one of the best pieces of advice that I got because I learned the scripture. And any time they had something at the church, if women were allowed, I was there. And then Gerald and I, when he got his heart right, when we were married, we started to go into every kind of conference and anything, we was talking about that last night, how many times we went to that Bill Gothard conference. But you learn the scripture if you don't read it every day, which you should be reading it every day. But uh, that was, I thought, really good advice that he gave me because when I didn't know the Lord for 17 years, and then when, I, when he found me, I mean, he was after me. I didn't know it, and um, I just wanted to throw that out there because that's just the beginning because, like they're saying here, discipleship is where we need to get it, and a lot of us have had no discipleship, and it's probably our fault because we haven't expressed that in this church, but that's what we need. You can be a disciple to Jesus by reading the Bible and seeing what he says 
and then doing it. So I hope that makes sense. One other thing I want to say, when I came forward to be saved, I didn't say any prayer. I didn't do anything. The Lord just zapped me. He got me right there. I had no part in it other than I went forward. And I'm telling you, he, he filled me with the Spirit. He got me turned around, and I got the whole package right there, I think. But th there's many feelings after that, and I could go on and on and on, but I'm not going to do that. Well, I was sitting down there listening to the Lord and wondering whether I should come up or not. And uh, so Dixie hit on something that, that the Lord was speaking to me about. And it, it's a short testimony. I was, I was saved when I was a young teenager. I went to church with my sister, and uh, I went forward on an Easter Sunday. And uh, there, there comes discipleship. I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't raised in church. In fact, my dad was Jehovah's Witness. And, uh, and so that just went on. My sister was in church, but we didn't live in the same town. So she kind of ministered to me, you know, what she knew. And, and then a few years later, I was probably in my 20s, and I, I was, went to another church in Hominy, and I went forward, and I did get some say educational training there and i learned a lot about the bible there but nobody ever ever discipled me so i really didn't know what was going on i you know other than reading my bible and going to church and learning more what you could learn i needed somebody to tell me what to do and how to do it and and grow and i came to the first barn revival and um and I'd already been saved in my heart. I knew, I knew that I knew. But uh, still yet, when I went forward with James Reed, I remember him telling you, she is already saved. She's just come back <laughs> after watching me that week. But this church, Pastor Gerald and Miss Dixie, discipled me through everything. And Debbie had a lot to do with it in our prayer groups. And I was discipled in this church and and taught how to grow and i appreciate that and i love you for that and um there's that's when she said you know <laughs> she didn't want this discipleship and it, it comes from this church yeah yeah oh and this morning i'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there <laughs> You gave me the mic, right? No, this morning, okay, we ha I've been way busy with everything, and woe is Rhonda, you know. I've, I've been having to go to the hospital and do this and that and and whatever. And so we went to board and brush yesterday and last night and had a late night, and I had a baby shower yesterday afternoon, and so me and Amanda was gone all day, and, and I, I never get to sleep in. I can't leave. I slept in this late, but it was... It was 10 o'clock when I got up. And I'm like, oh, my word. Well, I'm not going to church. You know, I'm tired. Amanda texted me, and she just, well, her and Mark had stuff going on. And I said, well, I'm not going either. So I get up and drink my coffee, and it's 10, 15. <laughs> I'm talking to my husband, you know, telling him, you need to make me get up and go to church, blah, blah, blah. And he says, so it's too late. And I said, no, it is not. <laughs> anyway... God told me 
and I said it to Kenny too. I said, I want to be a daughter with whom he is well pleased, not who Rhonda wants to sit here and watch football. <laughs> you know on my couch and not move and so that's what we got to be about though is is for him like you were preaching it's, it's about him not me amen are we finished <laughs> now this is what church is supposed to be always asked everybody about their testimony you know and uh, I just was remembering something that I finally got an answer for I um, had something happen um, when I was in college a friend of mine they couldn't wake up she wasn't dead but they found out later on 18 years old had a stroke and um, so it was a wake-up call for me in that I realized I was trying to grow up and do all the things grown-up did, which meant drinking, you know, and swearing and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, and I realized all, and j just, you know, partying with people and hanging out, and then they weren't your friends the next day. And, and, but I said, um, all these things that I've been doing, what difference does it make? What good is it if I can't make a difference in somebody's life. This is down to the wire here. She, she needs help. So I did the only thing that I knew to do. And I was, I was Catholic, I was raised Catholic, so I knew you go to church.